0: Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at ByHeart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer-Azraland. I know I say this a lot, but seriously, today's episode is a really important one because I'm covering some information that can literally save children's lives and parents a lot of heartache. 75% of kids ages four and up ride bikes regularly. And apart from the automobile, bicycles are tied to more childhood injuries than any other consumer product. Drownings are the leading cause of injury and death for children ages one to four. So today I'm talking about summer safety and maybe we should just call it safety, but kids are outside more riding their bikes and playing in the pool outside way more during the summer. And I realize it's also not summer in some parts of the world with our listeners like down in Australia. So really, this information could apply anytime. But since summer's coming here in the Northern Hemisphere, and our kids are getting outside a lot more often, this is our episode on summer safety. As I mentioned at the end of the last episode, I realized that I really needed to get this information out to parents when I had a couple of experiences. As I shared, and actually, I have another tragic incident that I have not yet shared that happened last summer. When I was home with my family having dinner, I went into the garage to get something and I saw the lights of emergency vehicles through the windows of our garage door. Not wanting to be that nosy neighbor and walk down the street to inquire and also not wanting to get in the way, I went upstairs and looked out the window at the front of our house and saw a fire truck, an ambulance, and two police cars. Now. When I saw the police cars, I knew it wasn't an elderly person with a stroke, which is also sad, but as it turned out, it was a three-year-old who drowned in a backyard pool. Then, as I shared at the end of last episode, I took my oldest to his seven-year well visit. His pediatrician asked him what he likes to do for fun, and of course, he said he likes to ride his bike, and his pediatrician asked him, what do you wear every single time you ride your bike? And Carter answered, my helmet. The pediatrician then turned to me and said that he had a a young boy in his practice who was out riding his bike, fell and hit his head on a curb and had suffered severe brain damage and said he would never be the same because he wasn't wearing his helmet. And this was very preventable. Then just a few days after that, I was running here in town. I was running back towards home, came across the street, and there were three boys riding their bikes. They had come across the street, and I was running alongside one of the boys, and I look over. I'm on the street. He's on the sidewalk, and I look over at him, and his helmet is literally halfway back his head which leaves his whole frontal lobe exposed. If he had fallen off and hit his head, he would not have been protected. Now this is the area of the brain that's in charge of things like planning, executing, goal setting, and follow through. The things that we psychologists call executive function. It's a very important part of the brain. It's the advanced brain in the front of our heads there, and it wasn't protected. And I said to him, you need to have that helmet down over your forehead. And boy, I think I frightened him a little bit, but he pulled the helmet down over his head. Unfortunately, you know, he still isn't protected because that chin strap was so loose, and it probably, if he had fallen down, it probably would have just slid right back to the back of his head. So that's when I felt like I really needed to get this information out to parents about how to protect their kids in lots of different ways over the summer when their kids are really active outdoors. Summer is a time when kids get outside a lot, like I already said, and they tend to take advantage and enjoy a lot of the different outdoor activities from sports to hikes and camping, swimming, and just playing outside with friends a lot. But with this outdoor time and increased activity comes increased exposure to these dangers that are very preventable. So whether your kids are infants, teens, or anywhere in between, summer safety applies to everyone. Now I'll share some of the ways to keep your kids safe And healthy while they enjoy the summer fun. I'm going to cover a few basics and a couple areas of summer safety, starting with sun and heat, then move on to bike safety, and finally, water and pool safety. But I also need to share that I'm not a doctor, and this episode is for informational purposes only. Always seek the direct medical advice of your pediatrician in connection with any questions or issues you may have regarding your child's health and safety over summer activities and questions and concerns in those areas. Now, in the area of sun protection, just a few serious sunburns increases the risk of skin cancer later in life. So skin needs to be protected from the sun's harmful ultraviolet rays. So cover up. Clothing that covers you and your child's skin helps protect from these rays. And the best way is to stay out of the sun during those peak hours of 10 to 3 whenever possible. The American Academy of Pediatrics and the American Association of Dermatology recommends always using sunscreen with at least an SPF of 15 that covers both UVA and the UVB protection every time you and your child go outside. Sunscreen should be applied liberally 30 minutes before going out in the sun and reapplied every two hours or sooner if swimming sweating, or otherwise toweling off your skin. Also, if you can, wear a wide-brimmed hat and sunglasses with 99 to 100% UV protection and stay in the shade whenever possible. Though if you're like me, I don't know about the wide-brimmed hat. (laughs) i feel like an old lady in the garden if I did that, but... um, You know, I don't know, my skin is probably worth protecting and maybe when I'm 60 or 70 and my skin doesn't look so good, I might've wished that I wore one of those old lady hats. Now there's a lot of other areas and ways to keep babies and children and yourself and your skin safe, especially when it comes to sun and heat and I don't have time to get into all of it in this episode, but I will be covering it more in depth in a class coming up on the website. So now I'm gonna discuss bike safety. Studies show that helmets reduce the risk of facial injury by 27%, fatal injury by 29%, and what study suggests that helmet use can reduce the risk of head injury by 85% and severe brain injury by 88%. And apart from automobiles, bicycles are tied to more childhood injuries than any other consumer product. Helmet use is the single most effective way to reduce bicycle related injuries and fatalities yet approximately 55% of children don't always wear a helmet when bicycling. Now the other thing is I don't know how many of these kids are wearing helmets properly and well fitted. I know this has always been a big discussion in the cycling community. I'm also a triathlete and spent a lot of time on bicycles before I had kids out training for hours at a time and I was part of a club where part of our training was how to properly fit your helmet. And when I look out and I see kids on their bikes, all the time those chin straps are so loose. So I'm also gonna cover a little bit about how to fit a helmet properly. Now compared to older children, younger children are more likely to wear helmets, so that's good. But everybody should be wearing them, not just younger kids. A child who rides with a companion wearing a helmet or with adults in general is more likely to wear a helmet him or herself. So you know what this means, parents. Always wear your helmet when you ride. Like everything else we want our kids to do, we need to model what we want to see. A helmet, and I already said this, is the single most effective safety device available to reduce head injury and death from bicycle crashes. But just like I also said, it's important to wear the helmet properly. A helmet must stay down over the forehead. This protects what we call the frontal lobe of the brain. Like I shared earlier, this is the area of the brain responsible for higher thinking, goal setting, planning, that executive function. So like I said, I'll be putting a class on summer safety up on the site soon, which will also include a video on how to properly fit the helmet to make sure your child's head is fully protected. If you're interested in getting alerted when that class or any new classes become available, you can visit our contact page on our website yourvillageonline.com contact and join our newsletter. And I send out updates on classes that come out through that newsletter. Now for some general bike riding safety guidelines, generally speaking, the safest place for bicycle riding is on the street where bicycles are expected to follow the same rules of the road as motorists and ride in the same direction. However, children under 10 should ride on sidewalks as they are not aware enough to make good, safe decisions needed to ride safely in the street. Now, if you're lucky enough to live in a country or community with biking pathways, obviously that's optimal. As an adult and a mom of a son, both with ADHD, I know navigating the expectations of life with ADHD can be a challenge, but finding the right care and proper tools needed to succeed can be life-changing. With the right resources, you can turn your ADHD into your superpower. Done is an online ADHD care platform that can get you all the resources you need to help manage your ADHD, online visits, refills, and a 24 seven care team made for you. Starting to take care of your ADHD is as easy as one, taking a one minute free assessment to see if Dunn can help. Two, booking an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as today or tomorrow. Three, start receiving ongoing care. Enjoy online visits, personalized treatment plan, worry-free refills, and 24-7 care. Take a free one-minute assessment and book an appointment with a licensed ADHD clinician as soon as the next day. Get continuous care, insurance coverage, and 24-7 care team support with Done for just $79 a month and pharmacy co-pays as low as $0. Unlock your path to better focus now at Get www.donefirst.com slash podcast done turn your ADHD into your strength these later years of childhood have been flying by as a mom I want to not just be available to my kids during these last years they have at home but I want to feel good and have the energy I need to keep up with their schedule and my own so my health is a top priority equilibria is a woman-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and body back into harmony You're not alone on your wellness journey. Every customer gets one-on-one support to help you meet your goals. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. A healthy gut positively impacts immunity, mental health, sleep, digestion, and skin health. It helps regulate digestion, immunity against bad bacteria, and improve nutrient absorption. head to myeq.com and use code PARENTING for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code PARENTING at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. Now for kids under 10, for the sidewalk riding, check the laws in your state, community, or jurisdiction to make sure sidewalk riding is legal. Teach your kids to watch for vehicles coming out or turning into driveways. Teach kids to stop at corners to look for cars and make sure the drivers see them or to wait for the passing cars before crossing the street. For street riding, teach kids to enter the street at a corner and not out between parked cars. Tell your kids to ride on the right side of the road with traffic, not against it and stay as far to the right as possible. Use appropriate hand signals and respect traffic signals, stopping at all stop signs and stop lights. While you want to stay as far right as possible while riding, also teach your kids to look in parked cars for drivers who might exit their car or pull out into traffic without looking for them. I had a friend break her elbow when a driver opened his car door right as she was passing by and she ran into the door of the car, fell over, broke her elbow. It was the driver's fault, but regardless, cyclists always need to be on the defensive because we are the ones that will get hurt, not the car. Alert pedestrians that you are near by saying excuse me or passing on your left or using a bell or horn. When riding at dusk, dawn, or in the evening, bright colors and lights on the bike, even on the helmet. There's some great helmet lights as well. It's also smart to wear clothes and accessories that have that retro reflective material or tape to improve the biker visibility for motorists. And of course, actively supervise children until you are comfortable that they are responsible to ride on their own. Now another thing about helmets, make sure it's a cycling helmet. Cycling helmets are made to take the impact of the road and they absorb that impact. And a lot of times they will crack or break, but they're meant to do that because it absorbs the impact and protects the brain. So make sure it's a cycling helmet, not some other kind like a skateboarding helmet. I don't know the differences between a lot of these helmets, but you want to have the right helmet for the right sport because they are designed for that sport and the type of impact that may come from that type of sport. Now we're going to get into the water safety. Water related activities are popular for getting physical activity and have many health benefits. But since it's a leading cause of accidental death for children ages one to four, and three children die every day as a result of drowning. So it's important to stay safe while having fun. Drowning can happen in as little as 18 seconds. 18 seconds. We have a pool in our backyard scared me to even walk into the house i wouldn't leave the outside 18 seconds happened so fast i no time to go to the bathroom no time to walk inside grab something out of the refrigerator 18 seconds keep in mind that children can drown in many different water sources including bathtubs toilets buckets baby pools backyard swimming pools community pools streams creeks lakes rivers oceans etc just because it's a toilet or it's a, a bathtub and it's only a few inches of water, it's still dangerous and children need proper supervision. Now, the AAP, that's the American Academy of Pediatrics, recommends practicing what they call touch supervision, which means that at all times the supervising adult is within an arm's length of the child being watched when in or near the water. Adult supervision is of paramount importance. So parents need to focus on their children 100% of the time with no distractions. No child and no adult for that matter is drown proof. I would recommend to never allow teens to be in charge of children around swimming pools. Teens can be very distracted and especially if they have cell phones. You know we look at teens and we think because they look like adults that they are adults. And actually, the brain, the frontal lobe, like I had talked about earlier, that the helmets, the bike helmets protect, is not fully developed until 25 years of age. So teens don't have all of that advanced thinking, goal setting, and planning, those types of things in in place that we adults do. And I won't let our sitter supervise our kids in our pool for that very reason, She's 19, she might even be 20 now, but she's way too distracted by her phone. And our kids all swim pretty well. All three of them are on a swim team. But there's only a handful of people that I would trust with such an awesome responsibility. And all of them have kids of their own. Because you just never know when some piece of suction in the pool is gonna catch their swim shorts or who knows. But I want people who are really gonna be looking after them in the swimming pool. I mean, even if they're just around the pool and not even in it. When choosing a flotation device, choose a child size life vest or any of those Coast Guard-approved flotation devices. Take a CPR course, which is available through American Red Cross Chapter. At redcross.org, you could probably find a local class. And there's many, many other places, I'm sure, with any kind of an online search, you could find a CPR class close to your home. And this way, you can be prepared in case of any kind of a near drowning incident. And recreational boating is also a really fun way to spend time with family and friends, but make boating safety a priority. I'm not gonna get into the details of that in this podcast, but if you are into boating, make sure you know the laws and be safe. Make sure everybody's wearing their life jackets when they're out there on the water. Wear a properly fitted life jacket every time you and your loved ones are out on the water. If you have a pool on your property like we do, you're probably already aware, but you're required by law to provide proper barriers and or alarms to keep others safe from falling in and drowning in your pool. The laws are different country to country, state by state, so be sure to check what they are in your area. Here in California, we have a set of codes known as the Swimming Pool Safety Act, which went into effect in 2007. California probably has some of the more stringent laws around this, But again, be sure to check your health codes or laws around swimming pool safety where you live. Here in California, we are required to have one of the seven following pool safety devices in place. And I'm gonna read this verbatim from the code so I can be sure it's clear as possible. I'll put a link to this in our blog post on summer safety so you can read it in its entirety for yourself if you're interested. These codes are for private single family homes and community pools have a different set of codes. Now to see this link, you can go to yourvillageonline.com slash blog. We are required to have one of the seven of these. We don't have to have all of them. One of the seven have to be in place. The first option, a fence that keeps the pool access separate from the house. Then there's a set of five very specific stipulations so as to keep any children from getting in or slipping through. Or the second option is a removable mesh pool fencing that meets the American Society for Testing and Materials, the ASTM specifications, F2286 standards, in conjunction with a gate that is self-closing and self-latching and can accommodate a key lockable device and this is what we use. In addition to the property fence, we have the removable mesh fencing that goes around our pool with the self-latching gate and the key to lock it, which I lock every single time and put it way, way up high where the kids cannot get to it. The third option is the pool shall be equipped with an approved safety pool cover that meets all requirements of the ASTM specifications F1346. The residents could also be equipped with exit alarms on the doors that provide direct access to the pool, and our house has one of these as well. So as soon as you open that door, it is a very loud, very piercing alarm. So if you have it set on, as soon as somebody goes into that backyard, you know they're out there, and there is no mistaking that somebody just went out the back door. Here's the fifth option. All doors providing access from the home to the swimming pool shall be equipped with a self-closing, self-latching device with a release mechanism placed no lower than 54 inches above the floor. And then the sixth option is a swimming pool alarm that when you place it in the pool, it sounds when it detects an accidental or unauthorized entrance into the water. So when the surface of the water is broken, it sends out another one of those like piercing alarms. These pool alarms shall meet and be independently certified to the ASTM standards F2208 standard. Specification for pool alarms. So those are the six very specific options. And then number seven is a kind of open-ended one that says other means of protection. If the degree of protection afforded is equal to or greater than that afforded by any of the devices set forth above and have been independently verified by an approved testing laboratory as meeting standards for those devices established by the ASTM or the American Society of Mechanical Engineers. Now, one of the things you're not allowed to use here in California is you can't have an individual alarm. In other words, you can't stick an alarm on the two-year-old so that when they go in the water, it goes off. They can't have an individual one. They can't wear an alarm. So now I'm going to talk about some first aid kit essentials. With this increased outdoor time, chances for cuts, bruises, scrapes, bug bites, stings all kinds of burns. It's really good to have a first aid kit. So this is a really good time to check your first aid kit and to replenish it for the summer months. So while you can't prevent all accidents, you can be prepared. And every family should have at least one first aid kit at home, which is well stocked and readily accessible. It's also helpful to keep a first aid kit in the car and one to bring on trips. And don't forget to restock the kit once an item has been used. Be sure to keep a list of emergency numbers where they are easy to find. The list should include emergency medical 911, your doctor's number, the dentist, poison control, and a number where the parents can be reached and any other important phone numbers. So I have a thorough list on our blog on the website at yourvillageonline.com/blog of essential items to include in your first aid kit. I also will be adding a class on the site, like I mentioned, in the next couple of weeks on summer safety that will cover more in depth about sun and heat, including preventing heat-related illnesses, the signs of heat-related illnesses, and what to do. A video on how to properly fit a bike helmet, and I'll go into more on bike safety hiking, camping, and other outdoor nature concerns, such as bug bites, stings, teaching kids about poisonous bugs and plants, and what to do if any of those things do occur. We'll talk about building a first aid kit, along with a few other miscellaneous common summer safety issues. So to get alerted when this class and others become available, you can join our newsletter on our contact page, yourvillageonline.com contact. In our next episode, I'll be discussing and sharing some great tips for using a very underutilized tool in parenting. One that makes parenting and family easier and much more fun. And that is humor in parenting. Very few people have the natural ability to be funny and share things and feelings in a humorous way. For those who are comedically challenged, like myself, I'll share ways to be funny and lighthearted in parenting to make things go smoother and have more fun, even if you don't have that funny gene. If you would like to see what else we have coming for episodes or submit a question, you can go to yourvillageonline.com podcast, or you can also submit feedback and questions at podcast at yourvillageonline.com. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to subscribe to our channel. Thanks so much for listening to this episode